Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Royal Blue Podcast. And unfortunately, uh, we all know what happened at the weekend. Uh, well, actually, do we know what happened at the weekend? <laughs> I, I think I did. I watched what happened at the weekend, but I don't think I quite understand it fully yet. Uh, Everton beaten 5-2 at home there to Watford in pretty disgraceful circumstances, I would, I would have to say, uh, in the final few minutes of the match. Uh, I was unfortunately there, Gav Buckland was unfortunately there, and Dave Prentice was unfortunately there. Chris Beasley, thank, thankfully, was not a Goodison Park. He got to he got to witness it all from the office instead, which was a little bit better. But Dave, we'll uh, we'll start with you, and we'll just try and dissect this match. Really, I think that's how this podcast is going to have to go. Try and try and explain as best as we possibly can over the next half an hour or so what what we witnessed at Goodison Park. And Dave, yeah. you know what what do you think? What do you think you actually did see in those last few minutes? We witnessed carnage, and it was carnage that was brought about through a lack of character and a lack of mentality amongst a, a group of players that we've said so many times lack leaders, and uh, it was absolutely exemplified there at the weekend. I mean, Watford, we spoke about in the podcast on Friday, were woeful against Liverpool the previous week, absolutely dreadful. It was a reaction, but, you know, it changed the formation a touch, but, you know, so nothing that would preclude them suddenly, you know, sort of going away from home and winning for Goodison for the first time ever, scoring five goals. Uh, they were allowed to do that because they were bullied. Uh, Josh King bullied Michael Keane. Uh, I, I worried about Michael Keane early in the game when when the atmosphere was tense and when the crowd uh, were getting all the players' backs a little bit. and Everton had been playing the ball around the back, you know, so reasonably neatly. And then uh, every time the crowd started to get frustrated with that and started to, you know, to up the intensity or the crescendo of noise, Michael Keane seemed to react to it and seemed to knock the ball long every time. It's almost like, wow, crowd, you're crowd getting on my case. Let's knock the ball long. And you've got to be stronger than that. You've got to have a bit more character to do what you've been told to do, you know, so by, by the manager. And, you know, don't want to just think about Michael Keane. He had a very, very poor game, you know, but so did both fullbacks. Ben Godfrey was marginally better than he has been in recent weeks, but still, you know, so not, not good enough. And there was not enough, you know, so cover from the midfield. I mean, I think you highlighted it, didn't you, Adam, in, in the tweet that you put out about those two tackles that were missed on the halfway line that led to the fourth goal. That was shameful. You know, you've got to go through, you know, so 100% desire and intensity. I mean, that's not saying clean a man out. That's just saying, you know, so give absolutely 100% you know, to try and win that ball rather than just trying to nick it. Um, it just, it lacked leadership, it lacked character. And the manager was right in what he said afterwards and that we made too many mistakes one after the other. And we did make mistakes and there were schoolboy errors. I mean, that fourth goal will haunt me for the rest of my life. It was like one of the worst goals I think I've ever seen us concede. It was just abysmal. Um, but equally, there was so much character lacking in the squad throughout. 
and that can't be changed. You know, we, we've lost a couple of leaders in Dakure, uh, in Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Um, we haven't got anybody to replace them, you know, so like for like. And there's not enough leadership throughout the squad. I know we'll go into probably more detail throughout then about, you know, so about Rondon and, you know, so what he brings or doesn't bring to the squad and about the substitutions. But for me, the big problem was the character or lack of it in the squad. That This is a squad that lacks character. And I bet you the manager can't wait to January to try and bring in one or two more leaders in the squad because we sorely lack them at the moment. Mm. Well, Bees, Preno's mentioning character there and it, it just seems to be an issue that we keep on coming back around to, doesn't it? Well, however many managers Everton have had over the past few years, this question of character and mentality just keeps cropping up, doesn't it? Yeah, like I say, different managers, um, the same set of players, and it, it unfortunately does keep reoccurring, I think. I'm not sure where it came from, but somebody mentioned um, there was a stat going around that, is it right, that Everton have now conceded five goals on many occasions in the last five years as they had in the previous 33, something along those lines. That's not good. Mm-hmm. Um, so when the wheels go off, you know, they come off in absolutely spectacular fashion. Um, yes, it's to have got themselves after your head to the early goal. I mean, perfect start. You think, yeah, you kick on from here. Then having been pegged back, getting themselves ahead again. Well, you think, well, yeah, midway through the second half, that, that should be it. Then Everton are in command. So, you know, to totally capitulate in the way. And, you know, and that's not a, um, I'm not using that in a, a loose sense of the word, you know, that, that it, it is a capitulation, you know, to be leading 2-1 going in the last 12 minutes or so of the game and then being beaten um, 5-2 at home. Um, yeah, there's, de- there's, there's problems on several levels there, isn't there, from a men- mentality point of view about how you're setting up and what, what, how you're um, performing as a unit. And then, then obviously... From um, just with, with your character as well, and it was just strange in that I know when it was the Aston Villa game and they had those um, moments of madness, that, that quick fire spell where Villa blew them away. People were saying, "Oh, where's well, Seamus Coleman was out the side?" And it wouldn't have happened under Seamus's watch, but I mean, the, you know, the captain was on the field on this occasion and the, very much um, part of it, un- unfortunately. So yeah, the, it, I mean. Look, Love Seamus, he's a great pro and I wish there were more like him at, at the club coming. Maybe somebody like Seamus Coleman, but a decade younger. But um to to um to see that happen again and then he he's he's been there along with many of the others on on several occasions now, you know, it, it it's unfortunate and it, it, it does keep happening. You know, it, it is very concerning because that's something that you can't coach. Mm. I mean, Gav, you were sat next to me at Goodison at the weekend. I mean, you, you're a very you're a very experienced man at going to uh, Goodison and watching yeah. Everton over the years. Have you ever seen anything like that or felt uh, an atmosphere like that in the last portion of the game? Uh, not really. Necessarily not at Goodison. Just say that. I've known Preno many years and this is the angriest I've ever seen on his piece of The other thing it said, I don't hear this on uh, Friday's pod, I think you, you may have uh, left it. I know you have I was talking about we talk about ticket places and I said I can't, can't anticipate the Everton fans were leaving ten minutes early on uh, on Saturday <laughs> as a protest. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I got the wrong reason, but uh, they certainly were leaving five minutes early and all that. Um, no, no, I, I can only if if you stopped the game at seventy five minutes and said two one, you would have said yeah, pretty similar in some respects to the Norwich Southampton games, you know, just done enough to win, but we got it over the line and. But the last the last twelve minutes was, was shameful, and um, capitulation is a word several times. Chris on Saturday evening, mm. um, 
but it was it was more worse than that. It was characterless, wasn't it? It was shapeless. I mean, I don't want to pick on people, but Tom Davis had a role in about three or four of their goals, and they must be questioning whether he's good enough to play for Everton. And I, you know, I, I can I'm not, I'm not picking Tom, but I mean. That was a shocking challenge. I mean, I'd never want to accuse a professional football of bottling it, but that, that challenge on was a Sissoko, both Alan and, and it was just shameful. There were non-challenges in midfield. And, you know, and thought Tom, you know, after a good start, and the other player I want to pick out, involved in two key incidents, I felt, is Luca D. You know, we were winning, you know, the first 50, I was sitting next to you, I was in 15 minutes, 1-0 mm. ahead, Watford really aren't doing much, and you're thinking, we did comfort zone here. We'd be, we maybe, you know, had a chance to score a second goal. Thought we, we could, this could be a comfortable win if we, we apply ourselves properly. And Luca Dean, fellas could run towards the corner flag post, posing no threat whatsoever. Classes into him, right in front of the linesman. Give away a totally needless free kick. And that, that was the first thing. And the second thing is when it was, there was a two or was it? Golden opportunity. Just control the ball. You know, have a shot on target, bloomed it over the bar. And uh, he was involved in two key incidents, incidents for me, but Davis and, and, and let's face it, I thought Alan had a poor game, apart from one of the worst stars I've ever seen at Goodison, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, I mean, that, those two challenges summed up the afternoon. I thought it was woeful. Um, but the capitulation, I mm. could go on and on, you know, but we'll leave that for later. But that, they were my, those, they, they, that was my take. Yeah. I mean, the, the worry as well is that you know a lot of the problems over the last two home games have stemmed from set pieces. I mean, you look at if the game had finished at you know the 78th minute on Saturday, we'd have been fourth in the table, and that like masks over so many deficiencies. That makes you think, wow, you know, so we're actually doing okay, and we have made a bright enough start, but we haven't also you look at the fixtures that are coming up in december and they're a brutal set of fixtures you know we've got to get some points from somewhere and we can't afford to be giving away cheap goals and cheap points as a result and for me giving away goals from set pieces is cheap i mean uh, you know so teams are very very good on, on set piece deliveries and that nowadays I mean, you saw west ham at the weekend you know so how they won the game with a wonderful delivery but the deliveries you know from west ham it was decent i suppose uh, and from Watford at the weekend, you know, weren't of that quality. They were just, they, they pointed that Everton aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing from set pieces. Um, I know zonal marking is a big thing with Rafa and he'll always defend it and he'll always claim that, you know, it's something that, you know, can be successful if it's implemented correctly. But you need to ask, you know, so are the players actually implementing it correctly? Because that's like, that's three goals now in the last two home games that we've shipped uh, from set pieces. And that has then led on to the absolute you know, milestone that we saw in the last uh, last seven or eight minutes on Saturday. So going back to basics, that is something that's got to be addressed immediately. We've got to stop conceding from set pieces. Otherwise, we're going to place ourselves under pressure every time we meet a team that's got three or four, you know, still six foot plus players in there. Watford had plenty of physical players at the weekend. And, you know, you, you should be having to do more than just put good balls into the box to get, you know, sort of points. And Everton allowing teams to do that at the moment. So that's got to be addressed, you know, as a matter of urgency. Mm. Well, Bees Benitez was saying that he'd worked on set pieces with his side the day before this Watford yeah. game. But now, like, obviously, Watford was still able to exploit Everton in that area. And it's something that Everton have struggled with a couple of times over the last couple of years, wasn't it? I think Marco Silva, particularly, 
uh, struggled uh, in terms of defending set pieces. So what does Benitez need to do? Does he need to sort of rip up the system that he's using at the minute or does he need to keep persistent with what, what's going on? It, it's it's a hard one, isn't it? Yeah, very interesting actually because I've just come off the phone from Michael Bob and doing Michael's column for later today and uh, I think it was mm. a bit of a therapy session for, for Michael. We were joking about <laughs> it. Um, I was his counsellor. We might have got a little bit of catharsis out of it between us um, having that conversation but on a serious note, Michael was saying, <laughs> Yeah, as, as Dave has just alluded to, um, Rafa Benitez is very much a disciple of um, zonal marking and it's something he's used for a long time. It's something he believes in. And Michael's gone as strong as to say, well, as much as he rates Benitez overall as a, as a manager, he, he feels that one of possibly one of the deficiencies in uh, uh, Benitez's um, sort of outlook is, um, is stubbornness at times. And this is an occasion where he perhaps can't afford to be stubborn. And he's perhaps even going to have to do something radical and um, throw that um, that sort of um, tactical book out of the, the window in regards to, uh, he said, you, you can't successfully implement um, his um, zonal marking system with this particular group of players, in Michael's opinion. It's something, obviously, the Echo readers will be able to see later when Michael's column is published. And, he, you know, he articulates it well. He, he mentions how... Um, he said, obviously, they've got the, the, those those dominant um, players in the air, the likes of Michael Keane and um, Ben Godfrey. But Watford were just um, um, bypassing them. They were hitting the balls to the other um, areas um, of, of the box and so totally making them redundant. He said he didn't think it was particularly, you know, um, um, what they were doing. Um, it, it wasn't overly clever. It, it was quite straightforward in that, in that respect, but it was very effective and... Um, yeah, it, 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 it's you know it's, it's a very radical idea that this you know seasoned manager is going to have to abandon something he's tried and trusted methods for a, for a long time. But if it can't work with this particular group of players, and you know it, it really is food for thought, and might be after something he has to consider, possibly even you know on a short term basis. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Perhaps it's a lesser issue at the minute, Gav, but it's not just defending set pieces that I'm struggling with at the minute. It's attacking set pieces as well. I, I can't can't really remember a time in the Premier League this season that Everton have scored off a corner, for example. Uh, yeah, and when you've got somebody like uh, Townsend who can produce great deliveries, um, yeah, been a bit, we're suffering at both ends. I can't, yeah, I can't think. I just can't remember last year either, to be honest with you, being too uh, too great. Um, yeah, and I can, yeah, we, going forward, I mean, we need to talk about Rondon, do we, at this point? Is this a natural juncture? Yeah, um, I think this is, this is, I mean, this is got, a good got, segue into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, half of me feels a little bit sorry for him in that when he joins us. How, many, how much game time do you think he was would be expected to have by the end of October? Maybe five or six substitute appearances, mm. ten minutes at a yeah. time, something like that. Um, 
you know, to get his fitness up, get him familiar familiar with the, the players and the, the setup of the squad and stuff. Um, but he's actually played five or six games, is there something like that? And because of lack of options, you know, he's played a lot of the he's played ninety minutes with the Martin quite a few times or close to it. So I feel sorry for him in that respect. But but at the yeah, same time, I don't really see you know, we said a few weeks ago that when he first came in him a couple of games, get a bit fit, and then he had the international break, and you know he gets two weeks on the training ground. And really, to be honest with you, I've not really seen much improvement or much evidence that he's actually more effective because he's because of his fitness. Just thought he was he was poor on on Saturday. I could understand why he was kept on, but he, he just you know, I don't know how many chances he had in in mm. in his, his game time. Very little, um, mm. so I thought he was he was poor on on Saturday. But we didn't lose. He's got stick, but we didn't lose the game because of Rondon. Um, mm. And the, the substitution we've obviously talked about. You know, I, I think it made sense to keep him on the pitch and take uh, you know make make the substitution. Um, but it was just a, it was just a bit yeah just a bit disappointing with Rondon, isn't it? Just not offering enough. Is he? Mm. And I felt that that was evident on on Saturday. But I could I could understand why there was booing. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I thought I thought uh, it was enabled their Gray to to go out wide left and bring Richarlison. Richarlison come on to Rondon. Richarlison is not fit enough to be a sole striker. You know, like play right on mm. top at the moment. So it was uh, it made sense. Anthony Gordon I think was running out of steam a little bit. Uh, so mm. that substitution made sense for me. As I said at the time on Saturday, though, I think uh, a be for Gordon would have been a different. Oh, that, that, yeah. Yeah, 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 that yeah. would have been. Um, the end. That would have been an interesting <laughs> one if you thought the action, <laughs> <laughs> the, the action um, for, for Gordon was, you know, for, for that for um, the sub that happened, Richie Allison for Gordon. But um, yeah, it was a that would have been an interesting sub. But, yeah, mm. feel sorry for Rondon to a degree, but not doing enough. Yeah, uh, for me, well, I think. I think I've hit the nail on the head, really, doesn't he, Preno? I mean, Salomon Rondon, he has had a lot of game time now. I would argue that he probably is at least close to reaching full sort of match fitness at this point. But, you know, I, I, I didn't, I unfortunately didn't see the game against West Ham. So I was going into this game with sort of a clean mind about Rondon and he was, he was anonymous for me. He, I think that was, that was the main worrying aspect as soon as Richarlison came on. You know, four minutes later, he found himself in about 20 yards of space in the centre of the goal to score. Why wasn't Rondon finding that kind of space? You know, I know they're very different types of player, but it's not as if Richarlison had to use like blister and pace to try and find that pace. It was just, it was just good positioning at the end of the day. And Rondon doesn't really even tend to have that, I would argue. No, I mean, he's, he's, he started six games now uh, and came on as a sub against Burnley. So you should be expecting to see some degree of match sharpness now uh, the, the big the big worry for me is he doesn't really influence the game and you, you missed him against West Ham believe me on Saturday he actually did a little bit more than he had done against West Ham and uh, even despite being anonymous he won a couple of balls in the air and uh, he went down the left hand side and pinged across across the box where you'd probably expect him to be on the end of rather than supplying him but and that was it really the big worry is though he doesn't get shots at goal um, I, I can't really think of many 
Did he have one in the first half from like outside the box that wasn't really a shot that you know you couldn't really count as a, an effort on goal? Yeah, and that, that was the only attempt, at, you know, at trying to trouble the goalkeeper. And for a centre forward, he doesn't get many efforts at goal, um, and that worries me. I know I argued on Friday. What's the alternative? You know, you can't put a young lad like Lewis Dobbin in uh, from the start because he's not ready. You can absolutely kill his career by doing that. And we don't really have any other options. Or we didn't see him with Richarlison not being available. Uh, I talked about, you know, what do we want to do? Like play, you know, so Alex Iwobi is a false nine. I mean, presumably, well, I think now that would be a preferable option uh, to what we're seeing at the moment because we're just not seeing enough from him. Um, you know, he, he's a presence but doesn't really do a great deal. And um, I think he's had six matches now to try and get to full match fitness. And I think probably the, I don't know, the, the best thing to do is just pull him out of the firing line for a bit. Otherwise, we'll have more unsavoury moments like that incident towards the end where um, he went in for a tackle and he, uh, you know, he got booked in the home crowd after chanting off, off, off. I've only seen that once before from an Everton crowd. And uh, that was at Loftus Road. And Brett Angel was on the receiving end of that. So that, you know, so underlines, you know, so quite, you know, so how frustrated Emerson fans were with his performance. Um, yeah, it, it's, a, a, I say it's a concern. There's so many things that are a big concern at the moment, uh, but that clearly isn't working. So I think we need to try and think of a plan B and try and find a way around it, even if that does mean mixing up the shape entirely and playing, you know, somebody that isn't ideally suited to playing as a central striker, playing out of position there, because we haven't seen anything from him to suggest that, you know, so he can bring something positive to the role. Mm. Well, thinking of it in a different way, Bees Richarlison was speaking to the program uh, for this game, and he was saying that he's had a little private conversation with Rondon and said, "Don't worry, you'll get more goals now because I'm going to be fit and I'm going to be up there helping you as much as possible." Do you think yeah. that maybe they would work as a partnership over the next couple of weeks? As well, at least until Dominic Calvert Lewin's fit. I don't see them playing necessarily as a partnership in the uh, you know the old four four two where they, they work in tandem, but. Um, Obviously, with Richarlison cutting him from the flanks, but um, he's not particularly a, a creator, is he? Either he's not like a winger who's going to get crosses in for in the way that Townsend or Gray was. Um, yeah, it's good to hear these words of encouragement for him, and certainly having Richarlison on the pitch is going to hopefully mean a lot more attacking intent from Everton, a lot more end product. And uh, I mean, school of thought that maybe Richardson should be taking his place. Um, you know, he can play up top and lead the line. He's done that for Brazil a few times on a, occasions and maybe that might be a, a way out of it because um, Gray and Townsend on the flanks have been um, arguably Everton's two best players this season. So you you don't want to um, take one of those two out the the equation. So um, what do you do? I think maybe the solution is that it's Richardson rather than Rondon, it's strange really because I know he's had a bit of a time away, Rondon. He's a few years older now than when he, you know, he was last in the Premier League. Not vastly, but you know, you know, he's in that veteran stage of his career now. And you know, he knows the division. He's played here for both West Bromwich Albion and Newcastle United. So it's not like he's a rookie into this particular style of football or you know, off on or off the field in England, like he's he's finding his feet. He has been here before. So that's really the concerning thing that he Yes, he's had to hit the ground running and he has had a lot more game time quicker than he would have expected. But yeah, you'd have ex you'd have thought he'd have had a bit more of an impact, i.e. some impact over these half a dozen games that he's he's played so so far, given that he is a player with experience in this um, 
the vision, yeah, it can only be a good thing that Richarlison is, is fit again, particularly with Dominic Calvert-Lewin, you know, prolonged absence now, and it looks like it'll be a few more weeks without DCL. But um, in regards to actually working as a as a partnership, I'm not too sure um, how, how that particular one would work out in that, you know, Richarlison being a foil for Rondon. I'm, I'm not too sure he kind of does his own thing. But, yeah, then personally, you know, I might be inclined, to, yeah, for, certainly for a week or two, take Rondon out and put Richarlison centre-forward. Mm. Could that maybe open up a little bit of a change in formation, Gav? I mean, this was Everton's first game without Abdullah Decore after his injury. Tom Davis came into the lineup as we've already mentioned, yeah. but he can't he can't really replace Decore's influence, can he? And I don't think there is a single Everton midfielder who can replace Decore's influence in that sense. No. So do you think that maybe bringing Rondon out of the team and adding in an extra midfield body, whether that be Jean-Philippe Gabamon or maybe a returning Andre Gomez or something like that, will that open up a little bit more options yeah. in the future? Yeah, it's a good point. I'm not sure how many times in his career Benitez has played three in the midfield. Mm. He's more, normally been a 4-2-3-1, 4-4-2 guy, hasn't he? And let's face it, if with all due respect, Gabamon and Gomez, if you're hanging your hat on those two for different reasons, to sort of shore up your midfield, it just shows the sort of the paucity of options and also how one looking to be being with injuries as well, which we showed there, though that didn't contribute to, to, to uh, Saturday's debacle. Yeah, maybe. I mentioned on Friday whether you play 3-4-3, three, three, maybe. Three at the back, four in midfield and then, you know, three up, three up top. Um, it, it does, yeah, but... Just got to, you know, I just keep on going back to that last 12 minutes on Saturday. And, you know, it's all right, good, very well talking about Zona marking, but could you trust our defence with man to man marking? No, because <laughs> yeah. I said at the start of the season, Ad, didn't I? And I said repeatedly on this podcast, really every week, our biggest problem is centre halves, centre defence in terms of the quality and, the, you know, even allowing for the fact that we've got four, that I felt that that, that was the biggest issue in the team and, 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 and you've seen that in abundance over the last week and uh, concerned about Keane's lack of confidence you know Penno alluded to it there Keane's lack of confidence when under <laughs> pressure and the way he can just I wouldn't say fall apart he can just um, his head goes you know Godfrey yeah I'll get the COVID stuff but is it's done the times out of position on Saturday um, you know the so that does two, and then obviously Colgate can't even get in the team at the moment. So it's all like me saying three at the back, but which three would you have? Um, so yeah, I think formation change, yeah. But have we got the players to? It's all like me saying three at the back. Well, you got two defenders, central defenders perform poorly. It's three just going to make it even worse. Um, so yeah, maybe positional changes, but you just want them to be apply themselves better. You can't legislate for those two challenges in the middle of the park, whatever, on for their fourth goal. You can't legislate for that, whatever formation you've got. So the players got to apply themselves and show character and show leadership, um, which was all sadly lacking on uh, on Saturday. That's what we need to fix. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Well, I mean, Preno, like I've, I've mentioned, Gabamon, when I was talking about the midfield there, 
he was on the bench uh, on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't get on the pitch at all, even when it looked as if, I think particularly Tom Davis looked as if he was tiring towards the end of the second half, didn't he? Do you, is there anything that you need to that we need to read into that? Is he not is he not fit enough? Is he not showing enough in training? Like it, it is a bit strange that an out and out defensive midfielder didn't get on the pitch, especially when Everton were capitulating as they were. Yeah, it's probably a bit of both. I mean, um, I was looking at the the substitutions that you know, Rafa has made over the last few games, and this is a manager that's you know quite you know enthusiastic about making changes and shuffling his pack and you know so you know not not tinkering you know but you know so certainly making changes and he's made very very few over the last few games i think there's only one substitution against west ham and there was uh, only two at the weekend and i'm not sure if he's used his full complement of substitutes for a few weeks now and to me that does underline that you know a he's got a lack of options available to him but me he probably doesn't trust uh you know the fitness of the players I mean, I think we were all a little bit surprised that Richarlison didn't start at the weekend. Uh, but in hindsight, it probably was the right decision. You know, he only started training, full training on Thursday. So, to, you know, so toss him into the starting line of 48 hours later would have been asking an awful lot. We thought, yeah, he probably would have done that, let him play for an hour and then maybe bring him off. But clearly, he, you know, things are so bad on the injury front at the moment. He doesn't want to suffer any kind of unnecessary recurrences of injuries. And it was a concern that we saw him, you know, sort of rubbing his knee after, you know, quite a heavy challenge fairly soon after he came on. So I'm guessing he's doing exactly the same with the other players in the squad. You know, Gabamin, he doesn't want to introduce if he's going to suffer a recurrence of whatever the hell it is he's had recently. It was a tooth obsessed. He missed a game with, you know, so not so long ago, which sort of underlines, you know, so how bizarre our, um, our injury record has been this season. And it's the same with, you know, so other players that are either too young to be able to be trusted to bring on, you know, unless it's like the, you know, five or six minutes at the end of a game or the fitness levels aren't at the required level. I mean, clearly there's a problem at the club at the moment, you know, sort of with fitness and recovery and rehab. Um, you know, too many players now seem to be suffering, you know, recurrences of problems. I mean, Dominic Calvert-Lewin is the key one this season who had, you know, sort of a quadricep issue and then broke down. Abdullah Decore has suffered exactly the same injury he had last season on the same foot, and it's a stress fracture. And that suggests, you know, has he been rushed back a bit too quickly? Uh, so, you know, and it sounds like they've only just caught this issue, you know, so just before it became properly serious. So, you know, so hopefully it'll be a few weeks for Decore rather than, you know, the seven or eight weeks we feared at first. But it does suggest that there's like sort of problems, you know, sort of throughout the squad and, you know, so and throughout the club, you know, as far as like rehab and fitness is concerned. The manager's only been here a few months and he, he needs to get to grips with that and look at that. And, you know, obviously he's, he's tried to address it by bringing in a new fitness coach from Newcastle, you know, so somebody that he knows well. But I think we may see even more changes in the future as well. Uh, so, yeah, a number of deep-suited problems, you know, so with the players, you know, so with the setup of the squad. I know that paints a very, very bleak picture, but I'm feeling bleak today because that was you know, so, so bad at the weekend. And, you know, I can't really see, you know, so much light. It's weird, isn't it? You know, so how things looked so bright at the start of the season and yet unraveled so incredibly quickly because there's like no depth there at all. And I'm just looking at the fixture list going forward. And like Wolves away is okay. You know, that, that's a fixture you think could go either way. We could get something from there. But beyond that, I think Tottenham at home is about the only game you look at with any kind of confidence. I mean, I genuinely thought watching the game yesterday afternoon, I don't want to go to the derby in December or, you know, Seminar, isn't it? I don't want to go because yeah. they are playing so well. What they could do to our defence at the moment terrifies me. It really, really does. And uh, 
we've also got Chelsea, we've also got Manchester City, you know, so in that little run of fixtures. Arsenal, who are showing signs of a little bit of a return to form. That worries me. Sorry for the negative, uh, the negative tone, but it does, you know, so that concerns me deeply. Well, that's it. I, th- I think there, there just are concerning undertones to what happened, wasn't there? I mean, bees were, were looking at mm-hmm. an Everton defence there that had Seamus Coleman, Ben Godfrey and Luca Dean. Like, that, three of that back four, you would say, are Everton's best defenders in those positions. You'd say, potentially, Yeri Mina comes in to replace Michael Keane. But aside mm-hmm. from that, with Pickford in goal as well, that's essentially their full-strength back five. And they were still making... Very, very, you know, schoolboy errors essentially, and it, it's this isn't an isolated incident. Let's 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 be quite honest. These are these are, you know, defenders who have been making these mistakes for the last few weeks, months, years under different managers as well. So I think it's it's right to be a little bit concerned about something like that, isn't it? Yeah, and you, know, you mentioned all those ones that you've mentioned. They're all international players as well. They're, you know, they're, they're players of pedigree, as it were, but as a as a collective um, unit, um, there have been far too many meltdowns like this. Um, again, it shows you whatever we think about him, we've all got different opinions of him or how good he is. You know, how much of a Miss Yeri Mina is at, at, at the moment. Um, you know, he's at a bright start to the season, but yeah, it, it is. It has unravelled very quickly. Everton got, um, you know, a, you know, a good start. Those points had to be won, but they were from. A position where you would expect them to get a decent return, and these last two home games, um, you'd have certainly thought that have got something from them. So all of a sudden, you know that it, it, it's turned it's turned around. Like as Dave said, suddenly it's looking very concerning, especially with the you know the injuries, which are unfortunate. But yeah, it's the same group of um, players. Don't want to keep harping back to obviously what so what Michael Ball said to me um, shortly before we went on there, but I think it's pertinent in that. He was talking about maybe what they do for, was when they get back in training um, would be to watch those goals again, to just to go to go through them because you know it, 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 we can just um, imagine, can't we? And you know, with a few training shots coming out, and you know the players laughing and smiling, and we go again, sort of mentality and looking forward to the the Wolves game. But you know, there's got to be a, a, an inquest of this. Yeah, you know, in the Premier League, fortunately. For us as English football fans, you know, it's it's the it's the strongest league in the world, you know, and any other team can beat any other on any given day. But to just totally collapse in that um, particular manner and concede so many goals against, you know, what is not one of the division's um, major powers in such a short space of time, it's it's deeply concerning. And, and like I said, this Groundhog Day ever, how we it, it keeps happening with this particular bunch of players and you know maybe that's one of the reasons to keep having the these uh all these changes in the the, the managerial dugout because you know, if these players keep on repeating this and various great minds of football to varying degrees can't resolve the these issues i mean i know obviously ancelotti infamously went with you know they they would defend very deep wouldn't they obviously last season and the way they were operating and that was always picked up upon by um observers but yeah it's if nobody can find a solution with this group of players, well, maybe they need a new set of um, players. But then <laughs> you're snookered, aren't you? Because, you know, you're hamstrung by all the FFP restrictions and, you know, Everton have spent so much assembling the squad that you can't just rip it up and then start again for the, the umpteenth time in, in recent years. So, yeah, you've got to go with what you've got at the, at the club. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's concerning that these, you know, 
players will keep letting you down on a, a fairly regular basis like this and turn in such shocking displays like like they did at the weekend. Mm. I mean, I think Bees has picked up on the patents issues really there, hasn't he, Gav? I mean, this is just this is tiring at this point for being an Everton fan, isn't it? Because it's the same, yeah. It's the same old issues coming up, and you know, this might be the first time that. Rafa Benitez has had to face these sort of questions and these issues with his squad, but you know, the Everton fans have seen this so many times over the years that it's just it is just annoying at this point, isn't it? It is, but not if you go back to my old favourite George Graham saying about every every manager who walks into the dressing room the first time, you should be cognizant of the fact and know that these are the players who got his predecessors sacked. And um that's that's really what Benitez. I know that's a lot of slightly different though. Um, I would have wanted me being under pressure this year um, if he'd have stayed. And that's the thing, isn't it? A lot of these players have been. I'm just trying to think. I mean, how many of these players have played for Coombe and certainly Allardyce, Silva, Ancelotti. You know, mm-hmm. three three managers there. Um, not not tore up any trees when Unzi was in charge. Um, similar similar group of players really, um, and I'm, I'm not talking about just the eleven on on Saturday because obviously there's a few there that I think are not subject to that rule. Uh, Graham Townsend certainly, but you know what, what more do you expect? A lot of these players have got previous. Just think, just go back, keep on going back to the sense of defence side. If we can't get that right, then we're going to be struggling. That's that's that gives you stability, doesn't it, for the rest of the team? And we're just not good enough there, and we'll, we'll, we'll struggle to progress if we don't address that issue. But as Chris says, quite rightly, as you always say, we haven't got cash to do it, and um, it'll be just being incessant on how that's handled. And I, 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 it's, it's quite interesting the reaction on Saturday. I think the more mature reaction was it was the players, not the manager, um, which I think was right. I'm, I'm laying all the blame on the players on the pitch for the last 12 minutes on Saturday. But it's now the responsibility of the manager to change that, to make sure that doesn't happen again. The, the worrying thing for Benitez is that this group of players has happened before uh, Saturday. So uh, this is a challenge for him, and I think um, that's why he's being paid the money is. Um, and I'm only be disappointed with Benitez if it happens again. Uh, yeah. Something similar. Um, it'd be, I think there'll be a lot of training ground orders and instructions being barked and hard words hopefully on Saturday on the following Saturday because the players deserve it. Mm. Um, yeah. Shocking. Wait, wait, under which manager was it that we had that latest watershed at Wolves, was it, when we, we got beat 3 nil? I think it was? Yeah, there's been there's been so many like you know alleged watersheds <laughs> in recent years. And you think that, you know, okay, you know, so Molyneux, a game that maybe, you know, so where we could bounce back. But then again, it's also a venue where we've had one of our worst performances in recent years. And yeah, what Gavin says there is absolutely spot on about the, uh, the central defence. Because you asked me on Friday, you know, so which area of the team, or Phil asked me, you know, so which area of the team needs priority attention in January. And I think we addressed midfield at the time because of the problems that we've got injury-wise. But looking at it now, Benitez does effectively have to start from scratch with the squad of players and try and rebuild, you know, sort of from the back forward. The goalkeeper, fine. Goalkeeper actually played well on Saturday, which, yeah. is, even, which is even more worrying. Yeah. Made two great saves. His distribution was iffy. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. But you know, in, in terms of goalkeeping terms, he played very, very well and still conceded five goals. 
uh, which points to the people in front of him. And the central defence and you know the, the whole defensive you know, sort of lineup just isn't performing well enough at the moment. And if a manager wants to uh, stop losing games, you know you got to create a solid base. So if you're just that question again, now I'd probably say that defence, you know, so a real good quality central defender that we can rely on. You because know, Mina we've talked about as being a good player when available, yet once again, another occasion when he wasn't available at the weekend. Michael Keane's 28 now, I think he is, isn't he? You know, so he's not going to change from you know, so what he is at the moment. Ben Godfrey could become a very, very good player in the future, but you know, still a lot of rough edges to be you know, so smoothed over there. So we do need a dominant and reliable central defender that we can call on. And um, you know, we, we all laughed when we like being linked with Koulibaly. You know, so why, why do we need a player you know, of his age uh, you know, it would cost as much money as he was, but we probably do, to be honest. We need to get things sorted at the back first before we can even begin to worry about, you know, sort of the problems further forward. Mm. Well, don't know about you lads, but I've had enough of talking about this game. I'm <laughs> 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 quite honest. You know, you yeah, know, you know what, Ad, sorry, Ad, you know, sorry, Ad, you know what summed up the weekend up for me? I was thinking, um, the worst thing you can happen to you as an Everton supporter in, in football is, a goal scored against Everton or Liverpool scoring. And I was thinking mm-hmm. at half time yesterday, yesterday that yeah. in the space of 57 minutes, that eventuality has happened eight times. Like, you know what I mean? And well, think, as Dave uh, pointed out, if, you, if Liverpool had actually won 6 0 at United, Everton would have moved up a place. So they didn't even yeah, do that. Yeah, can't, can't even do that for. Maybe that was deliberately, you know, the. the That's why they eased off, off the gas. Yeah, 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 they, they yeah. saw the table and they were like, no, yeah. no, 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 we don't give any. The other worst thing about yesterday was like the one thing I'd like when you have a bit about football, about so about Man United, I always say to Liverpool, ah, yeah, at least you've never beaten United five 0 you know, because the, the anniversary <laughs> that's this week, and now we can't even say that anymore. You know? <laughs> Typical. <laughs> well, at least we could finish with a laugh. Anyway, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> let's hope uh, let's hope the mood's improved by the time we get to the end of the week, where we'll be. Back again to preview Everton's upcoming trip to face Wolves in next week's Monday Night Football. But uh, yeah, that's been our podcast today. Don't forget you can rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts from. And don't forget you can find us on Facebook and Twitter as well if you just want to uh, give us any sort of questions for uh, the podcast later in the week, of which I'm sure there will be many, many many questions uh, for the manager. He'll have his press conference presumably on Friday. Uh, This has been the Royal Blue Podcast. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.